0: So before I take question-answers, I'll just touch upon one more aspect, one more story from the Chandogya Upanishad. And again, these stories are so illustrative. See, uh, why the Rishis uh, concealed these profound truths in uh, imagery, in symbols? Um, So one reason is that they very much believed in Adhikarbhe. This is something which today we have lost. Adhikar bhed means if you are not ready for the higher knowledge, if one is not ready, it may work, it may even create a confusion in the mind because you know it will just remain a mental concept and that can create a problem. So one has to be ready for the higher knowledge. So one such story is the story of Satyakam Jabali and how they went beyond the scripture, how their methods. So Satyakam is born of... Uh, a woman who, who, who worked like a maid in many houses. So, he wants to have the highest knowledge, Brahma Jnana, Brahma Vidya. So, he goes to the sage, you know, Ritudum, also known as Gautama, that I want to know this highest knowledge. He says, okay, but um, uh, who is your father? Come back and tell me. I need to know. So in those days, this was uh, there that there was the uh, there were the elite of humanity who were the, this is how the culture was created. Now uh, I'll just touch upon it passingly because even in the Aryan ideal, she speaks Aryan, a high type of humanity which is striving toward the highest. Now not all can do that. So these were like the spearheads the forerunners, the beacon light. And it was not about birth, it was about your guna, karma temperament. So they were those who who were turned toward the ideal and the society revered them, that well, we can't do it, but at least there is an ideal like that. So these people who were the ideals, this knowledge was also not given to anybody and everybody. You had to be at least uh, belonging somewhere to that kind of an ideal. Uh, layer, so that you are ready for this knowledge, so uh, this is a big subject, and I am just uh, withholding myself what it meant the Aryan uh, you know the Bra- what is known today as Brahminism, i 've given a talk on that also, but right now coming back to the subject, so he goes and asks the guru, teach me this knowledge. he says, Go back and ask tell me tomorrow who is your father' So he goes and asks his mother, who is my father? I have never known my father, never seen him. I don't know his name. So the mother says, see, as a maid, I worked in many houses. Look at the subtlety of the communication. So I don't know who is your father. But this I know that I am your mother. This is for sure. So just imagine, in today's times, the liberal thought if somebody comes and says this and the boy goes and says Satyakam, that's what my mother has told me that uh, he, she doesn't know who exactly my father is but she's sure that she is my mother. So the seer, sage says a lady who has such a courage and honesty to speak truth without batting an eyelid she belongs to really a front layer of humanity and he takes him in so you see at the very first level how Indian thought was wide in its own way same with the you know Bharat who was in whose name Bharat was, of course there are two Bharats but he is born of Shakuntala and uh, Dushyant out of wedlock marriage or, or well Gandhar Viva marriage but see we Honor truthfulness. That's why Satyamevjayate Nanritham. So when he says, he says you, you are worthy. So he's taken in. So what does the Guru say? He doesn't teach him any book or anything. He says, you do one thing, there's a work I have for you. You take these hundred cows, now the numbers vary, but a hundred cows, take them to the forest. When they become four hundred, they become strong, you come back. So, his wife says, what kind of a training you are giving? How come you are so cruel? He says, no, I know my disciple. He goes, he says, okay. And he spends many years doing it. Now you see, he is there, he is all alone, all by himself. But Guru ki agya hai. So, he, he in the course, because he is a seeker, see, a seeker learns from Everywhere. And everything, because the Guru is everywhere and everything. As a child, he wants Brahmavidya. So Brahmavidya begins to come to him from everything, from the fire, from the cow, from the rains. Everywhere he discovered the Veda, the secret knowledge. And after a number of years, when he has grown into an adolescent, he comes back with these cows. And the Guru sees him, sees he is already radiant. He says, Guru, now teach me. He says, I don't have anything to teach you. You have already discovered the Brahman. He says, no, but still, I want the final touch from my Guru. So, Upnishads speak about going to the Guru and, you know, one of the things, scriptures, Guru, grace of God and the disciples' own seeking. So, the guru says, okay, he's happy, he gives him that final touch. He's already a knower of Brahman by then. So this knowledge did not does not come by reading a book or many books or any books by analysing anything. It comes when there is a seeking. The seeking heart is most important. There is a passage in Savitri where Surbindo, same thing we have in Kathopnishad, Naya Matma, na, na, na bahuna shrutin. This light comes not by, by meda, by intellectual discussions, debates, by speaking about it, by hearing about it. It comes when the self chooses to reveal. Sri Aurobindo puts it in his own andas. In <clears throat> Book 3, Canto 2, he says, This light comes not by struggle or by thought. In the mind's silence, the transcendent acts, and the hushed heart hears the unuttered word. A vast surrender was his only strength. And same thing, he said, puts it this way All that denies must be torn out and slain, and crush the many longings for whose sake? We lose the one for whom our lives were made. So it is not uh, easy path. Everybody knows that. Shurasya dhara Nishitha Duratya, Kavyo Vadanti. And yet it is not easy, but it is not impossible either. That's what Arjuna also tells Sri Krishna. You are telling me fantastic things. <laughs> Even the mind of sage can be carried away. You have only told me. So, how is one to practice? So, he says, Swalpamasya Dharmasya. Even a little of it, it, if you practice, it will liberate you from much fear. So, knowing this, one should move. It is better to read than not read, but it is better to practice what one has read than merely read. And it is better to become than merely be engaged in practice mechanically that every day I am sitting for meditation, my job is done. So that aspiration which is so important we find in the Upanishads, supatha Subhatharaya, take me through the right path. So this is the core thought and we have spoken about some of the key elements, Brahman, the different aspects of Brahman, Chatushpad Brahman, Maya, creation, Man's role in it, because Brahman is triple. He is transcendent, he is universal and he is individual. What it means is, again we can take our own example, it becomes easy to relate with. Universal is our roles, each one of us has certain roles in this area, that area. If we are not even working, we have an opinion, we have viewpoint, we have some prayer, something. What's happening, oil crisis here, there. I mean, there is a dimension of every individual which is not confined to his own individual self. And then there is, the transcendent means something which exceeds all creation, which is logical. The origin existed, always existed. Even before time has come into play, even before space has come into play, it is always there. So that is the origin, the transcendent. Then it enters into the cosmos, into this creation. Who puts him in? Maya brings him. Come along. I am going to do your will. So the Purusha comes along with Maya. Shakti pulls him into this creation. So, he becomes these many gods. So, that's how it is. Ekam sadvipra vadanti In everything he comes and inhabits, wherever she brings him. And then finally, in every individual element, jagatyam jagat. So, it's the same truth. In us also, the same thing. We can discover the divine within us. It's the nearest, easiest, closest we can discover the divine within the cosmos and all its working and we can discover the divine who is beyond and they are one divine. The me who is not engaged with anything, the me who is me myself, the me who is engaged with life, all these are one, they are not two, they are not three. So same way the one divine is at once the transcendent The origin has that freedom and that's why those who enter into the transcendent or touch its helm, they feel the world has vanished. It's a real experience. From there sometimes comes this idea of Maya. What was it? Don't experience it anymore. It's like a person when he is in one of his interiorized states, for a moment has forgotten that I have a wife, I have a child, I have a family. And suddenly, he hears the common refrain, Sunte hoji, ji. Huh? Kisko kaha? <laughs> oh, okay. What has happened is, you come back from that state of, <laughs> I am sorry, utter freedom. <laughs> yes, because that is also, you have only will, no? So it is, and then finally, it enters into the third poem. See how it starts? Transcendent, the entire creation and all the play of maya, everything vanishes. That's why, that is how um, one line of spiritual experience completely denies the world, creation, everything. They use metaphors. It's a powerful experience. shubindu says, I can't help it. I too had that experience, but I went beyond. So, that is one experience. And then there is the other experience. The next level is when they are together. And Like Rama and Sita, Ishwara and Ishwari is Shakti. And then the Purusha is completely lost and Prakriti has overpowered him. So that becomes, we have those stories in Sri Puran where, uh, you know, uh, Parvati swallows Shiva. She becomes Vidva. Heard about this story? Vidva Roop of Parvati. How can Shiva die? She is Vidwa. Suddenly she swallows Shiva. Of course there's a whole story, I leave it to, you know. Yeah, And where is Shiva? Shiva can never vanish. You cannot destroy. But it seems, why? Completely covered. So we live like those Vidwas who are always carrying our beloved inside, but we don't know. So we are seeking here, there, maybe there, maybe there, maybe there. <laughs> but we are always carrying inside us. So this is the state, first st- stage, the Upanishads say of human journey when the Purusha is completely covered with Prakriti. It is dragged wherever Prakriti takes, it sanctions. It is like indifferently signing. Wherever he takes it to the Mela, Tamasha, horror movie, this, that, everywhere he, is, he is goes. He is deliberately tied himself because this is a game. This is the pact between the two. Let's see, you want, want to become many, I'll do it for you. But don't question me. I have my own ways. He trusts, completely Trust, And that's why the secret of, you know, a happy family life <laughs> Trust. Don't question. Don't question what she is doing, how she is doing. She knows. Then comes the next step. When he says, What are you doing? (laughs) Let me try to understand. That becomes the sakshi, the witness. I want to understand. What is this creation? What is this nature? What is prakriti? What is this? What is that? This, that, everything. Sakshi. Then he discovers that he has been given a certain right of choices anumanta ishvara he can sanction he had given up this right so it he was being tracked discovered that is my that remote is still in my hands i can change the channel i can change this or i can change that channel so that becomes the that anish not ish becomes ish recovers his lordship so, this is the journey of man. It starts with anish, not ish. So, we complain against circumstances, fate, destiny. What is this? And we have added this. Either we say all this is maya, illusion, or we say, kya karenge Bhagya hai? You know? vadi. fatalism. But Indian thought is never fatalistic. See Savitri, see Rama. Does Rama say, well, kismatthi meri, janki has gone, what can I do? Gods have conspired against me. Better I take sannyasa. I am anyways in the forest, my father has sent me away. I think I should look for a place, apply and take sannyas." Does Rama do that? No. Look at the power of the scripture. He doesn't do that. He is moved by the dharma in him. It's not about winning or losing. He must fight because this is his dharma, both as a kshatriya, as a king and as one who has to preserve. If he allows Ram, Ravan to go scot-free without a challenge, he will be the one who will be responsible for much adharma. He must give a fight, not for success or failure. Of course he would want to succeed in a battle, but still, to fight is his dharma. So Rama goes and fights. He doesn't renounce saying, Ah, this is Maya. There is no Janki. There is no Rama. Now I realize what is given in the great scriptures. It was an illusion, you know, that I am Rama. This is Janki. Does he say that? He doesn't say that. Does Krishna tell Arjuna that what you are thinking is very right? I confirm. Yes. Arjun. finally, all this game was so that you discover the shortcut to sannyas. I am so glad. Arjun, rush. There is crowd waiting out there to become a sannyasi. You too rush. What does Krishna say? He says, you are acting like a coward. You are napunsak. What he doesn't say? Poor Arjun says, I was asking for a nice thing. No, I was wanting to renounce the world, give my kingdom to the brothers. What's wrong about it? And Krishna says, everything is wrong about it. Because you don't understand dharma. So you see, this is how the mighty Indian civilization, that's how we could remain strong and powerful and opulent, inwardly rich and outwardly also opulent. But at some point, this Maya Wad came. But Maya, as we have seen, is not about world shunning yeah. illusionism. Maya is to understand God's intent in creation, in name and form. You understand God's intent in creation, in name and form. You take name and through the name you go into the nameless. Of course he has no name or all names. But you take the help of name. You concentrate on a form. So there is the mystery of the name and form that has been built. Each name and form should become a habitation of the divine. First within us, then within a collective group, and then within a society then within the world this whole world should become a temple of the divine that's why this creation is not to frighten us not to make us run away not to say all is one all is same everybody god is everywhere in everybody <laughs> this is this is not what upanishad is saying what i am saying is because this is the common misinterpretation that you are under ignorance that's why you are still thinking this No sir, even after knowing the infinite, becoming one with the infinite, now you play with the finite. Vidyancha, Vidyancha, yasta dvedo saha, holding them together. So this is the world affirming Vedanta. Shobindu was asked, what is your Vedanta? He says it won't fit into any of the classical schools. But if you want to you, use the term, there is an illusionistic Vedanta, And there is a realistic Vedanta. So this is more in the line of realistic Vedanta. It admits the world, but sees that it is a distorted expression of the original intent. Why distortion? Because the one consciousness lapsed into the inconscience from where it is emerging. So there is the struggle always of the gods and the titans that you find in the Upanishads. The gods and the titans. They are struggling. Why? Where, who are the titans when it has lapsed into inconscience? Now that darkened energy, it wants to hold back. Like the ignorant mother who says, Don't go outside the village. But wise mother says, Go. Zindagi. <laughs> that you <is> say, <sick. laughs> Go live your own life. That's important for the child to go. You can't be thinking only about yourself that my child should be only here. When the child goes, he grows, he takes the challenge. You are always there for him. Always. But you take that challenge of life. So same way, first step is when the, the inconscient wants to hold creation back into that darkness. But the gods want to pull it up toward the light, labor. So there is a Struggle. What are we going to do with gods and titans? Don't we experience the struggle? The upward tendencies which are wanting us to grow beyond every level, wherever we are, and the downward tendency which says chill. In everyone. That's when this struggle becomes acute. When the downward forces seem to be winning, then yada yada hi glani bhavati bharata In us too, when we keep conceding to the uh, forces of darkness, we keep on, no, I want to remain anish. Then what happens? We are shaken up. And then we say, why there is pain? Why there is suffering? <laughs> you are not waking up normally. So you see, it's not about bad karma, good karma. It's an evolutionary process that they have described in the battle between the gods and the titans. And even when we have become a good human being, that's what the k Upanishad is. Gods have built a godlike humanity. No, sir, there is something greater, much greater than a good human being. Don't be satisfied there. The divine... The eternal good, not this limited good, that I am doing good to everybody, uh, giving alms, giving money, giving all this. So they keep on taking us further and further. So we see this battle between gods and the titans. Frequently this comes, it comes in Kain Upanishad, it comes elsewhere. And then the mystery of the form. Again, Athri Upanishad, the gods, uh, one by one the forms are being prepared and presented to the gods. That will you inhabit this form? Form of a monkey, form of a horse, form of a cow, yeah, different, different. I said, no. Nein. Then the form of um, human form. They say, yes, this is meant for me. Now, gods enter into the human form. Why? Because in human beings, for the first time, the transition can take place from anish. Animals are asannamrityu They live in ignorance. They 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 are given an instinctive knowledge because uh, Vidya is everywhere. So to each animal, that much Vidya, correct knowledge comes, which they require. A snake knows how to strike, and the um, rat knows how to escape. It is given what is needed for its kari sambar. But human beings can go further. So God start laboring within our depths. It's the entire Vedic knowledge which we have lost. What is the function of the gods? Gods are not meant to just give us outer things. They are meant to shape us as a smithy shapes the iron ore into a beautiful, you know, weapon or a vessel. That's their job. So sometimes their labor is felt like hammers. See how Harishchandra is tested by the gods how king shivi is tested by the gods, to what extreme limits, to satyavadi vanega, Acha. dream me yes I know, I stand by my dream, my promise, and where do they take, right to a point where, he has to for his own son's burial, he has to take, ask his wife, that half piece of cloth which is on her, and then the gods, why because he is, he is walking the path of truth, so it's not something easy and simple, and yet, there are those who walk and they are the, our ideals. And when we look at, at least I feel, ah, they were our forefathers, so nice. <laughs> Western world, Middle Eastern world are yet far from even that ideal. They can't present a single example. The last, as somebody asked um, uh, about Christianity, and Bernard Shaw said, there was one Christian and they crucified him. So it is so true. <laughs> Couple of people here and there. and Look what extreme these people went. So this is the path carved. satyena pantha vitato devyana. The gods have carved the path of man through the through truth. So this is the journey they mapped out. And then it goes further after you know man has come. Then he, the divine wants to catch matter. How to catch matter? It's a whole story of creation with very beautiful mystic symbol. We need not get into that. But this is enough for our own seeking, our own journey, which we find in plenty in the Upanishads. One thing, take home point should be, this world for God's sake is not an illusion uh, in the sense that it it is a non-reality. It is an illusion in the sense it does not represent the true reality that it is. Why? Because of the avitya. So there is a distortion. Now distortion can be corrected. But something which is non-existent, you can't do anything about it. So it is distortion. And it's our role to make set that distortion right. What is the alchemic energy? Agne nae supatharaye. This fire within can set it right. First within us and then as an expanding circle in the world. This is man's business and man's role. So Upanishads have laid the great foundation for this mighty Indian civilization, all else is subsequently a development in many dimensions, many directions. So, we'll uh, stop here and have questions. Uh, If there is any question. uh, Yeah, so you see, Indians, in, in Indian thought, in Hindu thought, um, morality is there but it's not the way of the Christian thought in Christian thought morality is a question of uh, do's and don'ts and you know um, the most boring subject which we used to get maximum marks so convent school may wo moral science but in India the emphasis is on dharma and dharma is not a set of do's and don'ts because if you make it that do's and don't then what Arjun is doing is a dharma are not a dharma, but uh, wrong. So that's why it's very difficult for the Western thought to understand Indian ethics. Now, in Indian thought, the emphasis is not on action. It is on motive, intent and state of consciousness. So that's why there is no antagonism between an inner state of ahinsa. I don't want to injure him. I don't want to hurt and harm him. But I am called upon to fight this battle to defend a nation, to defend an ideal, and I will fight, and I'll fight to conquer or to perish. This is the spirit. But I'm not doing it because I hate that fellow. Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to kill him. No, that is insa. So that's why Gita is the background, and to the action that we have to engage in. So morality is largely a question of. That's why Western. Are you people believe in tolerance? Why are you behaving intolerantly? Because they don't understand Indian thought. Of course, they, they, they themselves don't, uh, they are the most intolerant people, but that's a different story. But it's not about tolerance or intolerance. There is a tolerance of the cowardly. There is a tolerance of the superior man. Ah, I am very tolerant and he's fooled. While Mahmood Ghazni comes and enters and conquers. Ah, I am above all this. You see, very pride of tolerance. But it's not about tolerance. We don't use that word. It's about understanding. Knowledge, that is the emphasis. So knowledge is different. So knowledge is the base on which dharma stands. And what is that knowledge? It is an integral knowledge which we find in the Upanishads. Integral knowledge means we must know this reality, which is manifold and transcendent, universal and individual. And we must also know how it is unfolding in creation. What was valid at one point of time is not valid at another point of time. When there was barbarism in a certain quarter of humanity uh, 2000 years back, it sartansi juda was okay. But today if you have that barbarism, you have no place in a civilized world and we should be able to say it with strength. It's not everything is same. All religions are same. So those who understand dharma will stand by that. But morality is nay 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 in all under all circumstances. So that's why um, um, uh, uh, well, if you can't understand dharma, be moral. That's all I can say. But there also keep your common sense alive. <laughs> so that is the subtle difference in Indian thought and the Western thought. Ah, so it comes parityajya, mam, ekam, shannam, raja. so that see that's another good thing it's reminded all uh, Indic thought or Hindu thought or Sanatana Dharma has to be seen in its totality where does Sarva Dharma Parityajya come after everything has been explained now what does he say why it comes after he has been told fight this battle remembering me all this has been told And then at the end, he says, finally, you should reach that stage where man mana bhava madhvakta madhyajima namaskuru, where you have become so much my minded, my lover, my devotee. He is not saying, therefore, don't fight. When you reach that state, then serve dharmaan paritya Don't worry about good, bad, right, wrong. That's why. Why? Because you will incur no sin, no evil. Have no fear. I'll take care of that. So, that's sarv dharman parityaja, going beyond good and evil, but the state in which you go beyond good and evil and yet act, even then you don't stop acting. You act from a poise which is beyond good and evil. But even there, it is not an indiscriminate, indifferent, because movie came from Aks, he says, Na koi martha hai And he keeps muttering people It doesn't mean that It doesn't mean that It means that when you are Full of the divine consciousness See that's what Guru Gobind sings No What is that invocation He's all full of Shiva And Chandi and says I'll go into the battle Either I will conquer or I'll die It doesn't matter that is what it means. When I have surrendered myself fully to the divine, I may engage in the goriest of actions, not shrink. Tato I will not shrink even from a battle which is mortal combat. I am here to fulfill the will of God. Right or wrong, you may judge. You may say that, you know, you did a wrong thing. You massacred so many people. You get the cause of killing so many. No, it doesn't matter. There is a line in, about when Sri Aurobindo described Durga. She says, I reckon not of virtue or of sin, but do the deed God has put into my heart. So it is that state, which is, for which the entire Gita is a build-up. And you reach through Jnana Yoga, then based on Jnana Yoga, Karma Yoga, Gyan, then only Karma has a meaning. And then Karma Yoga, which naturally leads to consummation in Bhakti Yoga. And then finally, that great act of complete self-giving to God. That's beyond good and evil. You're, that's true that in India, this conception is there of going beyond good and evil, which you don't find in the Western concept. It is moral right and wrong, good and bad. Question, yes, please. palestine How will you story? One Okay, I'll say in English. Because there was a grandfather who had, you know, one child and another child. And out of this grandchild, there came first one child. And this child uh, was the eldest, so everything belonged to that child. Okay? Then after some time, few centuries, there was another in the same family lineage... Chacham, tau mahabharata another child so abi wo jo agaya uska isse. shuru mein ban rahi thi, but then you know they they started quarreling this is my house that is your house but still because this second child remembered you know the first christians were judaic christianity you know it was christ was a jew he wanted to reform the jews there was no issue there then came a third child that was a very virulent child. I am not saying, it is there in the book. Oh Ismail, bada badmash jaisa tha, usko, Abraham ne ka, isko bhez do bhai, yaan paas mein mat rakho. Abraham ki wife ne. Pher, Abraham ko de ne innen isko bhi <laughs> So, ab ek or aya, the youngest, usne ka, get lost, neither elder nor younger, na beachka, mein karunga raj. So what happened? The eldest, he went away, wandered all over the world. The middle one, he fought. Sometimes he won, sometimes the younger one, sometimes he won. Finally, the youngest one, he is vigor, strong, force, he ultimately conquered. So they also went away. Ah, dharm chakra na. to hota hai na. Ye nyaya ka yug hai. It is the age of truth so first there will be justice before you have truth. Now the eldest came back through which door? Through the middle one's door. First it happened that the younger was defeated by the middle. And then he gave it to the eldest. So the eldest is Jews. Abraham se that's why they called Abraham. The middle is Christians later on we see that Christ came. And the youngest is Islam. Prophet Muhammad also came through the same lineage. So, youngest fellow, I'm not talking of these three, these two prophets and their impersonal God. We can leave them aside to be at peace. But what came out of that? The family of the youngest said no, it drove away. So, Christians and Muslims kept fighting several wars. You see? Babylonians, Romans, then another uh, Turkish, then Ottoman Empire was the last one. Muslims, Khalifat. In uh, India, we were in the Khalifat. Our Param Gandhi ji. Imagine what happened. Kamal Ataturk was a nice guy, not so bad a guy. He wanted reforms like MBS in Islam, but that apart. So now, ultimately, Jews went around. Bade bai, <laughs> bade bai, <laughs> But what happened is, in the process, they grew and evolved by the challenge of life. Persecuted everywhere, they found ways and means to develop their intelligence. And the younger, youngest one, Ottoman Empire, who defeated Britishers, the Christians, the middle one, and he passed it ultimately to the Jews. See how the cycle turned. But the youngest kept playing Victim What is the difference? Why? Because they stayed in the same house Middle East Where they were born All three religions were born in the Middle East But the Christians and the Jews wandered They became soberer They became wider They developed some humanness These fellows stayed there So they never evolved They are still living in that times Medieval times like people who have the old house. It's like our house. It's crazy. The children say, renovate it, brother. Mother said, no, 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 no. It was नहीं children's house. We will not change anything in it. So, she it in the Middle East. Mein. Ab, main kuch raha, apne aap bata rahi. And this is what I am telling you. is a factual story. It is the age of justice. So, Israel has come back. What should happen normally? Youngest brother, what should he say? I know, bhaiya, you wandered away. Come, take this, this part. We will not trouble you. Stay, you stay in your own place. What is the big deal about it? Nay. Why? Because, ekwar chee jage. Youngest brother has developed this crazy idea, delusion. That whatever land once is mine, will forever be mine. People don't know these things. That's why they don't understand the danger. What is the logic of Ghazbai Hind? Mughals ruled us once. Therefore, it has to be reclaimed. That's what Wakf land is about. That's what precisely is happening in Israel. Why? Because Ottoman Empire, that's why Palestinians never agreed for a two state. Why they didn't agree? No. This land is Ottoman Empire. They are still living in that. We have to take fully. Obviously. Israelis never played a victim card. They became intelligent Jews. They earned money, wealth, rich people. And see, God's ways, they are sitting in all this uh, deep state now. <laughs> Many of them are Jews. <laughs> so this is God's plan. Uh, you enjoy that part, but I am not bringing deep state right now because it will be a totally different cons- idea. But see, this is God's ways of uh, But whatever is happening is quite right. Israel must win not only Hamas must end, this kind of ideology, I am not talking about Muslims, I am talking about this ideology, all who hold this ideology, that only one doctrine, one, even communists hold it, must rule the whole world. This world is made, coming back to Upanishad, for unity in diversity. Ekoham So this diversity, any group which wants to destroy diversity, Number A Islam Number A is communism actually Second is Islam They both make the earth flat Each in their own way And of course there are other abhi, wo asura hai na, Postmodernism It will change Usme ek hope hai. Abhi, Metamodernism has come So they are wanting only one ideology to thrive They use the word tolerant Liberal But liberals are the most illiberal intolerant people they will attack you the moment you have a different viewpoint. They will call you name, superstition, this, that. See, Romila Thapar's history, when it has been challenged, she didn't reply at all. in invasion, so I could go on and on and on. But the point is that this new world, there is no place, anybody, be it Hindu, Muslim, anybody, doesn't matter. When we want to make a world where only one type of group... Must live, then that group is best gone. To keep nourishing this group is adharma. Because that group is dangerous to the collective life of mankind. So, Israel is the beginning. Let me not say where the end will be. (laughs) Massacre, see. What my question is you see the idea is being mistaken for I understand mistaken by yeah? people. Yes. Idea. so not going to go like so I'll tell you I'll answer both of them first about the bombings see this is again effect of a I'm sorry to say Christian thought which sees the body as everything we don't see like that in the entire Guru, uh, Mahabharata war 18 Akshaini everybody was killed except 18 people That's why Gandhari gave a curse to Krishna And Gandhari says that you know uh, She tells first Bhim Why did you kill all hundred of my children You know what is Bhim's reply This was the might of that civilization Which knew that death is unreal What does Bhim say If there were two hundred Aunt I would have killed all two hundred of them He is not apologetic krishna is uh, krishna he takes upon himself the curse but what does shurbindu write she krishna on the field of kurukshetra through the mahabharata saved india now coming to ideology distorted i quite agree there are beautiful things if you go to the core from this mind when you interpret islam yes i can see sufism was one of the ways to bring out the spiritual element of islam in Christianity, there was Gnostics. Where are the Sufis? <laughs> Tell me, only Sufi songs are there to be played as ghazals. So they killed, they destroyed their own possibility. what what does what do you do with that? In India, this never because Amar is foundations. But I agree, because in India it grew like that, a kam So there was a mystic element in Islam. I don't deny it. Even in Christianity, what was known as Judeo-Christianity, pure. But that is finished. So now when it is finished, it's like a dead shell. It's like Daksha Prajapati. You transplant a goat's head, ulta-pulta, he looked like making forward. So now, as of now that I see uh, Islam as it stands today, has only a shell. And that too, who is occupying that shell or that throne, blood-stained throne? It is the asura of falsehood. Therefore, it must go. I don't deny ki there is a good element. Let people bring out, let them fight. And bring, who will bring the reform? They have to bring the reform. No, we stand for the spiritual Islam and we will fight with the Sunnis and the Wahhabis. So that's why they have finished. Christianity, let people bring out. Of course, in Christianity, modification came. As I said, because they wandered away from their land. So they developed rational thought and they started modifying there. So they divided secular, religious and secular because of this evolutionary change. In India, we didn't need to divide religious and secular because we took from the higher points, spiritual, spiritual in science, spiritual in mathematics, spiritual in every field. So we didn't have this. Now whether Islam will modify itself and evolve looks very unlikely. What is more likely is that they will leave Islam. Most of these well meaning people are leaving Islam. You have this movement because they have, see anybody, after all, there is a heart in everybody, you know, there is a deeper soul. So it is seeing what nonsense is this going on. So they are leaving Islam. So there will be a phase of atheism all over the world. In Christianity, it has already come. Most of the churches uh, in, in the West, in Europe, are empty. So much so that there was recently Durga Puja pandal in one of the church. Another one, Sri Krishna Garvaras. They want to have money, so they loan it. And uh, Indians, fortunately, have done well. So, so they they why because nobody comes there. It has become defunct. So similar things. So many of the Western world people have become atheistic. That's how modernism, postmodern thought has come. And uh, but because in Christianity there is a saving grace still. I would say. There is a possibility for them to discover some mystic elements. But in Islam, people are just leaving. So you will see by 2030 that much of the world will turn atheistic. Even within India, the Hindus. Why? Because we have also not put it across in the true way. We have also lost it in Riti, Rivaj, Bar, chauth. sorry. Just over all this, we have forgotten. So we have also turned it into a very outer Ritualistic. So many people are losing. But because in India, Indian thought, Upanishads, Gita are continuing to exist. Their true meaning is constantly being revealed because it allows for fresh revelation. Therefore, ultimately when the Hindus become atheistic, they will end up discovering their own spiritual background. That is how Sanatana Dharma will come in the world. It is the hope of mankind. Shorabindu speaks about it. And when Sanatana Dharma comes out, maybe by 2030, 2030, Forty, we will see that and maybe by 2047 we will see this Sanatana Dharma spread over the world. Already many people in the West have beliefs similar to Sanatana Dharma. They don't use the word. There was an article in USA sometime back are we all turning Hindus? They believe in rebirth. They believe in past life. They use past life regression therapy. They say "No, no, you can't say only one God. So, this is how it will happen. It won't happen to go back to Christian, Christian and mystic Christian very unlikely because they lost that bus. And Islam, most unlikely that Sufism will revive again and uh, they are scared. I can't blame them. So, that's how it is as it stands today. Age of religion. Is over. So it is religion in this sense only. The mystic element, the spiritual element will never die. It will take new form. In Islam it is unlikely to take that form. The ah. And they have also see, if you look at the prediction. What is the prediction in Islam? According to them, I don't know. I mean, whatever Quran I read, at one point I was studying different religions, I found it. I didn't like it at all. But that apart the thing is ki, what is predicted there ki ka So they want to blow up the world <laughs> what do you do no no I am telling you this is how it, the logic works that when uh, everybody dies then only there will be judgment you can't have so even they want to die themselves see that's why they blow up they they want to die because when everybody dies, then they will be the baseline. Okay, now let's do the judgment. So they want to blow the world and die. What do you do with such a doctrine? It is so silly, so absurd. So they have themselves predicted around this time. They are expecting Kiamat kadin. for them. Yes, but doesn't mean for creation. Bible may be a Bible may second coming ki baat hai. Yes, you are right. usme bhi time frame hai. So that's how we have to look at it. Ho hai, ab, see, death, bomb, um, um, Brahmastra, <laughs> and that's part of the play. Old when it has to be destroyed, you, when you read Shiv Puran and Sati plunges her own body, it is the old creation which she has destroyed. And if you read Veer Bhadra, must have read, no? What does Veer Bhadra do? He finishes the entire Dakshaarmi so much so that he ultimately causes Arad de Vishnu. He says, don't drag me into this fight. Kali destroys. So, we may not like it, but what has to pass away, will pass away.
1: The Absolutely.
0: The coming radio Ozone radio. layer, this layer, that layer. Okay, so we will stop here today.